Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host. This is my podcast, a podcast where I used to interview people and I would actually have guests on the show. I would interview them, have conversations with them, tangential conversations with them in person. But now, uh, because there is a global pandemic going on, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's it's a global pandemic happening in the world. Now I am not interviewing guests on this podcast. Uh, instead, what I do now is I read you, the listeners. I read your emails. So if you're out there and you've never sent in an email uh, and you'd like to, send me an email asking a question, telling me how you're feeling. If you want big sisterly advice, let me give that to you. Let me be the big sister you never knew you needed or wanted. Here I am. Send an email to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. And so there you have it. This is the Love Alexi podcast quarantine sessions, the quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution sessions, where in a way, all of you out there listening, whoever you are, wherever you are, you and your emails are now my guest. Oh my goodness. So Merry Christmas, everybody. It's all happening. I can't believe it. Uh, I am recording this very podcast on Christmas day. I'm staring at my tiny, tiny, tiny somewhat sad Christmas tree that I bought uh, at Trader Joe's. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just talking into this microphone, staring right at this tree as it withers away and dies and potentially catches on fire because at this rate, what's next? I'm, I'm sure that that's it. I wouldn't be surprised is what I'm saying. Anyway, oh my goodness, where do I even begin? I... I love the holidays. Why? No, I don't have kids. That's not why. Uh, No, I'm not particularly religious. I love the holidays because they demand a sense of unspoken or spoken, but even unspoken coziness. So whatever it is you're doing, wherever you're doing it, and I'm just at my house. I am a professional quarantiner. I probably am probably the best. uh, I'm, I'm probably the best quarantiner during this entire 2020 pandemic. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm tooting it, okay? Because I stay in like a champion. I'm not going anywhere. Anyway, so while this Christmas isn't so different from other Christmases I've spent before alone, uh, watching movies and just doing whatever it is I do, pitter-puttering around my house, uh, thinking deep thoughts and in, in the privacy of my own, own mind, I... Uh, I love it. It's not so different. It's familiar. It's cozy. But now I also feel like I'm I'm saving lives is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm joking, but I'm actually kind of not joking. Where am I going with this? I've inhaled a lot of fumes from cleaning today. I just went... I mean, by the way, I have intentions. I have things I say that I think I'm going to say on the podcast. I jot notes down. In fact, I'm, I have like a, a notepad on my lap right now. Don't be jealous. Be jealous. Please be jealous. Somebody be jealous. Anyway, I have this notepad on my lap. I'm going to prove it. That's the notepad. Uh, And I jot down things like, oh, mention this. Say this. Why don't you? And then I start rolling and and this is where where, where it is. This is what happens. So yeah. Anyway, so I think I might be recording this high on cleaning fumes because I just went wild cleaning my place. I used a new product. I don't, I don't mean to be so sexy so soon into the podcast, but I used, I used a new product today that my mom recommended uh, called The Barkeeper's Friend. What a cute name I'd never heard of. The Barkeeper's Friend. Why did it take so long for my mom to tell me about this? Anyway, I went wild. I cleaned my tub. I cleaned my uh, my walk. Uh, I, that was it had all these marks in it. I thought, that's it. It's just going to look like a piece of shit for the rest of my life, even though I clean it. Everything now is spotless. My kitchen sink, my bathtub, sinks, 
you name it, it is spick and fucking span. Unbelievable. But I also think I'm high as fuck on all the things I inhaled. You'd think I would wear a mask considering I have nothing but masks everywhere. After all, I'm, I'm a professional quarantiner. And when I do have to leave the, my house, which is few and far between, of course, I put on a fashionable, you know, K95 or what have you. But no, in, in my home, I'm just maskless, gloveless, on my hands and knees. I, I'll say it. On my hands and knees scrubbing like a fucking lunatic and inhaling all the, all the, uh, all the poison. But you know what? I feel great. So whatever it takes, Merry Christmas. We are doing it. I have so many emails from, from, uh, you out there who have beautifully, uh, lovingly emailed me your questions. Can't wait to get to them. Uh, one of them is like pretty long though. You know who you are. I'm going to get to it. It might be the final email I read, but it's like 10 pages, 10 pages. The font is big and bold, but it's pretty, pretty long. Um, But you know what? I'm grateful, grateful for your emails. Let me say all the things one must say in a podcast, on a podcast, on a podcast. All right. If you like this Love Alexi podcast, uh, thank you very much. Tell your friends, why don't you? Uh, Like, subscribe on iTunes, uh, rate the show, leave a comment. We should definitely be friends on Instagram because if we're not friends on Instagram, what are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? Uh, I insta story hard, okay? I insta story everything all the time. I just want you to know that. But I think... If we become friends on Instagram, we're going to end up being best friends because you will feel like you know me and I love DMing with strangers. So who knows what's going to happen? So I'll see you on Instagram. Also, um, if you'd like to advertise on this very podcast, send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Sure, I could have a professional email address for this show, but you know what? No, I have a Gmail address. Because we're all in this together. We're all just people with Gmail addresses. And that's how it should be. I'm not some pretentious fuck, okay? So anyway, now that you have the information for advertising inquiries or just submitting a question for me to read and address on a future episode, you got the info. If you enjoy this podcast and you think, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's a pandemic. Alexia is out of work. And yet after a year and a half hiatus, she is back doing her weekly podcast out of the love and joy she gets from doing it and helping us all feel less alone and like oversharing her own thoughts and feelings and personal uh, issues. And you want to make a donation. If you want to donate to the show, oh my goodness. Well, that would be fantastic. I would absolutely love that. Feel free to donate to the show. Um... And you can do so via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. And I had a lot of other things I wanted to say, but uh, ah, fuck it. I'm going to say them. Oh my God. I set myself for such a, I set myself up for such a disaster. I was like, I had this big plan. I talked about it on my Insta stories. I just told you about a moment ago where I overshare and just like, you know, every step of the way in my life a couple months ago. During a rare pandemic outing, in my gloves and my mask, I thought, I know, I'll maintain my friendships and I'll really get into the spirit of the holidays by buying some Christmas cards. And I'm going to send out Christmas cards for Christmas. And I thought, well, how many should I get? I went, I'm going to get a billion of them for all of my friends, everybody I know, all my acquaintances. And then I went, no, I'm only going to buy one pack of 10, a pack of 10 Christmas cards and I'm going to send them to the 10 most important people in my life and also the 10 people I would like to speak at my funeral. Like I had this whole grandiose plan, this whole idea of like who the cards would be for. Uh, I I went out of my way. I texted these 10 people and I got their mailing addresses and some of them are out of the country. They're in a different state, Uh, whatever. And I the mounting pressure of it all. I, I'm okay. I've just 
moved my glance to the left of the Christmas tree that is withering away and dying as we speak and potentially going to catch on fire. And now my gaze has landed upon the pile of Christmas cards, all 10 of them, that I have not filled out or sent. And it is Christmas Day. So I just posted on my Instagram stories, you know what? I made a big mistake. No Christmas cards. Nobody's getting a Christmas card. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. I know what I'm talking about. The Christmas cards aren't coming. Good night. Merry Christmas. Kiss emoji. Why did I do this? I set myself up so big. And then I like said it so many times out loud. It's like, who the fuck do I think I think I am? Advertising that like I'm rating my friends. I'm ranking them. Only 10 people. You, not you. Oh, you're going to get one. Not you. I don't know what I was thinking. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to do it. I can barely get this podcast out. So that's my Christmas card, holiday card, nightmare, disaster debacle. Uh, that's a real non-problem that I put myself through for no reason. Just just some extra turmoil to put myself through so I could really like stress out for absolutely nothing. Something that nobody cares. I just, I just like to build uh, a house of despair and then move into it. Um, but there's no gun to my head. I didn't need to do that. So anyway... I've pushed that nightmare aside. And now we're on to new things. I finished reading two books this week and I highly recommend both. I read a book called Dropping Names by Frank Langella. He's an actor. He's been in a million things. He's like 80 years old now. And by the way, side note of a side note, I find him more attractive now. I mean, I really don't have to talk about how good looking he is. It's me, so I I do because it's fun to do that. I love talking about uh, you know cute people and uh, and crushes. Anyway, so Frank Langella, he's an actor. He's been in everything. He's I think he's in his eighties now. Very tall. Not that it matters, but just a tall, lanky, maybe strapping, maybe a strapping brute. Ugh. This has nothing to do with that, but real quick because I have no guests on the show, I like to. Uh, Uh, move all over the place in my mind uh, so you can feel like there are more people on the show than just me, but it's just me jumping from topic to topic and all over the place so you can hear how my my, my mind works or doesn't work. Anyway, um, speaking of crushes and strapping or lanky men, this season of The Bachelorette was fucking trash. Such trash. I mean, it's always ridiculous, but just, oh, it was more insincere than usual. I didn't like the Bachelorette. I didn't like the Bachelors. The, the the first Bachelorette I didn't like. And then she fell in love with some guy she was talking to on Instagram before the show started rolling. I don't know. All of it. And then they had to make a mad dash to try to get a proposal happening. Some jerk from Harvard. That's me summing it up. How I watch The Bachelorette is I watch it via Lauren Lapkus's Instagram stories. She's a comedian. She's an actress. She's incredible. She's actually been... Uh, on this podcast before when I had guests who would come over and sit on my couch or come over to the studio. So I watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette via her Instagram stories because her and her husband talk shit and comment throughout the entire show. So that was like a highlight for me to go watch it over on her Instagram stories. Ugh, this season, even with her and her wonderful commentary, just the season itself, such trash, so disappointing. Why do I go back every year? Is it twice a year it happens? I don't know. I just can't stand it. Anyway, back to Frank Langella. So he's an actor. He's been in a million things. He wrote this memoir, I think maybe about eight years ago. And it's about all these incredible experiences he's had with various celebrities. That's why it's called Dropping Names. Celebrities that he's worked with uh, or met or had encounters with over the course of his lifetime. And it is so poignant and thoughtful and just, ugh, it was so sexy and such a turn on to hear how he views people, how he sees the world, the tiny details that he would pay attention to when having an interaction with someone. And it just made me feel like, ugh, yes, people who notice things and then also are able to communicate the things that they notice. It's so beautiful. I think I... If I'm breathing heavily, it's again because I'm gasping for oxygen because 
these toxic fumes um, are trying to kill me while I, while I just tried a podcast. Anyway, his writing, Frank Langella's writing, was just beautiful and reminded me how much it matters to me when I see and read other people and how they observe the world. And maybe I was starved for communication or starved for hearing a man communicate. I don't know. Or like their his point of a point of view. I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but uh I feel like, you know how there's like the, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. Well, for me, especially after reading this book, I feel like if life happens and somebody isn't there to observe it or or I can't get in their head or just hear what their feelings are on something or their take or what they're noticing, do they notice anything? I mean, I know that not everybody has to share all their thoughts and feelings. Does this make any sense? I'm not saying things can't be quiet or be kept locked away in in your head, but anyway, it's just beautiful. I just love how he wrote this book. And uh, also, Frank Langella, he got my attention because I I watched The Americans. Uh, It's available on Amazon Amazon Prime. I've watched every single TV show during the pandemic so far. And The Americans is incredible. Uh, It takes place in the 80s about KGB officers uh, in America. And uh, that's it. That's all I'm going to tell you. But Frank Langella is in it. And I thought, wow, he's incredible. So I Googled him while I was watching the show. And it said, oh, he wrote this book. And then I read a review from the New York Times about the book that he wrote, Dropping Names. And I was like, sold. Basically, reading the book, what the review said is it makes you feel like you're at a a dinner party where everybody's very flirty and seductive and it's just like a very sexy, fun, sophisticated dinner party. And I was like, yeah, that's where I want to be. If I got to be locked up during this quarantine pandemic lockdown revolution, uh, yeah, let me me escape into a sexy, sophisticated dinner party that Frank Langella is hosting. So he read his own book. I, I read all my books. I listen to all my books. I actually have an audio app. Uh, audiobook app called Libby, where it's like a library card. Anyway, giving you all the details in case you want free books at your disposal. Get this app for your phone, Libby. Libby. Anyway, so I read that. Fantastic. Made me feel a lot of feelings. Just made me feel like, oh, yes, my thirst was quenched by this man's ability to romanticize and see things so beautifully and all the detail. Ooh, all the detail. I fucking loved it. Put me in a mood. And then I finished that up. And then the next day I read Demi Moore's book, her memoir called Inside Out. And I've never been a huge Demi Moore fan. Demi, Demi, whatever. She used to call herself Demi. Then it was Demi. I'll do whatever she wants. I think it's Demi. Okay, so her memoir is all about uh, her childhood, coming to terms with issues of addiction and coping mechanisms, and just all of her negative self-talk and having to walk through addiction to alcohol, uh, drugs, men, love, wanting to be saved, And it's just, I liked her before, but this just took my appreciation for her to a whole new level where I just, I love this memoir. So Run, Don't Walk, also available on Libby. So you can, oh, and she, and she reads her own book also. It's always the best when the author reads their book because then you feel even cozier. You feel even cozier and closer to them. Like, oh my God, they're like speaking right to me into my ear holes, telling me their story. This is incredible. So that was lovely. And um, yeah, I think I'm going to get to the emails because that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for. I actually recorded a whole other intro last night on Christmas Eve, but then there were fireworks happening outside and it sounded like there's a whole crazy war zone happening outside my house. 
and I was all over the place. I was like, oh God, I have to stop. And then I just, I had to, I had to do a do-over. So this is the Christmas day do-over. Um, maybe, maybe I'll throw in some highlights from uh, that first attempt at an intro. Maybe I'll throw them in right here. All right. But now let's get, let's get to these emails, shall we? All right. This is from Sam. Sam says, love Alexi. It's like dear Alexi, but better. I wanted to be sure to catch up on all the recent episodes before emailing you. I appreciate you creating a channel for people to express, vent, talk, write. I'll be honest. Your last I love you send off got me a bit choked up. I haven't heard those words in a very long time. I remember one time in a cafe in Copenhagen, I asked the cute barista for the Wi-Fi password. They responded, I love you. And I was speechless. I'm sorry you don't like to do dishes. Oh my God, Sam, I just did my dishes. Side note, I don't mean to interrupt your email, but I can't believe it. I just did all my dishes, scrubbed my floor, used this barkeeper's friend thing my mom told me about, and I am... I feel great. I think it created dopamine or oxytocin in my brain. Anyway... But thank you for, for knowing that I don't like doing dishes. That is a thing to be known about me. And if I ever have a boyfriend again, maybe he'll do my dishes for me. I'll make dinner and he'll do my dishes and then I'll massage my feet. And I was going to say make love to me, but really I'd rather say like and have sex with me or something dirtier. Anyway, um, how dare you? Back to your email, Sam. Okay. Um, I'm sorry you don't like to do dishes, Alexi. I, for some reason, love to do dishes. Not love, but... It became a part of my life. I grew up having large family dinners every Sunday at my grandparents. I used to always help clear up, which included doing the dishes. I never really used a dishwasher throughout my life, even if I had one, though most of my apartments didn't. I used to do my friends' dishes when I saw their sink full. I did dishes that my roommates left just to keep the sink clean. Maybe it's a peace of mind thing. I don't know. There is a Polaroid of me doing dishes and my ex-girlfriend hugging me at her parents' house for Christmas. I have had jobs as a bar back where I basically did dishes. I don't know where I was going with that. I guess when I heard about your dirty dishes saga, <laughs> when I heard about your dirty dishes saga, I hoped that I could just go over and help. Oh my God, Sam, you are a fucking sweetheart. You are so fantastic. Thank you. Anyway, Alexi, I don't have much to ask, more to praise you for continuing the Reimagine podcast. It seems to be helping people. I know it's been helpful for me. Everyone seems so sexy and hot. Maybe I'm just lonely. No, I definitely am. Sam, it's Alexi speaking to you. I've seen photos of you. We've had big sister sessions. Um, I'm slightly changing your name because I thought you'd be anonymous, so I'm calling you Sam. Um... You are gorgeous. You are a gorgeous young man. All right? I've seen photos of you. I'm very particular. And you're gorgeous. Anyway, uh, everyone seems so sexy and hot, Alexi. Maybe I'm just lonely. No, I definitely am lonely. It's funny that you think you speak fast on the recordings because I listen almost every podcast at two times the speed. Wow. Really? Do I sound like a chipmunk? Anyway... Alexi, I don't know if this is the kind of content to be aired, but I figured I'd shoot you an email. Thanks for being you, a big sis and a beautiful person. Much love, Sam. That was fantastic. Oh my God. I don't read these emails beforehand, before the show. I just dive right in. So uh, whether or not I had prepared for the show by going over all the emails first um, or not, I would have read this this uh, this email. This is total podcast fodder. Thank you so much. That was beautiful and made my day. And I forgot that I complained about doing dishes so much. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, maybe everybody knows now. Cat's out of the bag. Um, here is another email. Okay. It says, hi, Lexi from a young woman. She says, hi, Lexi. I'm so happy you're back on the podcast. We've spoken a while back and thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. How do you deal with living alone in a pandemic? I'm struggling. I'm single and my job is soul-sucking and unchallenging. I've been trying everything, buying flowers for myself, lots of candles, baths, meditations, journaling, Zoom with friends, and I still find it hard to keep my spirits up. On top of that, the men on apps just want to chat and no one wants to go out because of COVID. 
well, I'm going to say good, good for them for that. It's a pandemic and I, I'd rather you stay in, but we'll, I'll tell you what I think in a second. Back to the email. Alexi, so this hurts my chances of finding a meaningful connection. The thing is, I don't want just sex. I want a relationship. So I get down when things don't get followed through. How can I possibly feel fulfilled living alone in a pandemic and get things moving along? I just feel stuck and unsettled. Please do not mention my name if you put this on the podcast. Signed, girl. I decided to just call you girl. Uh, Thank you. Well, girl, um, a lot to unpack here. And yet also I think my answer might be very simple. Well, I, not to brag, I'm loving, oh, but you know what? I was going to say I'm loving being alone in the podcast. I mean, podcast. I'm loving being alone during the pandemic, but that's bullshit. While I am happy a lot of the time, and I'll tell you how I maintain my happiness, of course I get lonely. I get lonely. I get lonely and I get moody. And, you know, when I'm on an app or if, or if somebody's like, hey, how are you? How you been during the pandemic? You know, which is a very uh, likely message you might get on a dating app when somebody says hello to you for the first time. My answer is usually, oh, you know, it's up and down. It's different day to day because that's true. Sometimes I don't want to get out of bed and I stay in bed till like 4 p.m. I'm not proud of that. Other times I like wake up with energy and I have things to do. I always have a to-do list. That's one thing that's important. I always have a to-do list and while I don't check everything off the to-do list every single day. I always make sure to have everything I need to get done on a list so I can look at it, be aware of it, and I have things to look forward to or uh, to work towards. But for me, I mean, I stopped, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I, I, you know, I apologize if I say it every single episode, but these are my tools for being happy and maintaining some sort of mental balance. I meditate twice a day and I, I, I skip days sometimes and I'm not proud of those days, but I'm not going to lie to you. I meditate twice a day. I do 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. And by 20, by 20 minutes in the morning, I mean 20 minutes at 3 p.m. and then 20 minutes at like midnight. Uh, you know, I just do what I can and how I, however I can do it. And if I, I'm a night owl, you know, I, I really come to life at night. And so I... Ideally, every single day, I do two separate 20-minute meditations. I do transcendental meditation. During this pandemic, I took a course through, you go to tm.org uh, via the David Lynch Foundation, and you can find wherever you are, you can, you can do some kind of Zoom type for course, uh, four session transcendental meditation course. And it fucking changed my life. I look forward to it. I love how it makes me feel. I'm way less angry and reactive. Um, I don't stress like I used to. I'm still myself, but I just, uh, I don't have the internal stress um, and the internal suffering that I had for so long. Also, I'm on one dating app. I was on two dating apps, but I didn't like one of them. So I'm on one dating app and I'm just, I've, I'm a big, huge flirt and I'm, I don't, I'm not looking for anything, but I'm, I'm open to finding something great, but I'm really trying to work on and maintain being happy single. And while I am alone, I'm not lonely. I go to 12 step meetings, uh, pretty much every day. Sometimes not every day. I, I do my big sister sessions, uh, which I don't know if I actually describe, like essentially big sister sessions. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to throw an ad into the mix here of this podcast, but another thing I do is I offer a service where I provide one-on-one Zoom big sister sessions with uh, people all over the world, whoever you are, wherever you are, where I serve as, it's like, it's like me answering your emails, except you're right there in front of me via Zoom and the whole hour is dedicated to you. And whatever it is you're going through, we talk about it, whether it's sex, love, dating, relationships, body dysmorphia, obsession, spiraling, you know, romance, uh, whatever, friendship, whatever it is you're going through, the time is yours and I serve as a big sister. 
Um, cause I've gone through so much bullshit in my life and toxic, horrible, shame, spirally bullshit and trauma. And I'm still here and I'm flourishing and living my life and happier than I've ever been in my entire life. So basically it's like, I'm here to help you through whatever you're going through and, and I, cause I've already gone through it. So you don't have to, um, and offer all the, uh, all my own words of wisdom from everything, uh, every modality I've used to, uh, conquer my bullshit and my pain. Um, so yeah, I just, I put myself first, long story longer, girl, in answer to your question. I know you want a relationship, but I also, and you want to work towards something, but it is a pandemic. And I think putting your attention on making yourself happy. And you have even said, you even said you have a job you have a, I'm single and my job is soul sucking and unchallenging. You're buying flowers for yourself. Did you hear my stomach growl? Ugh, unbelievable. I try to be sexy if you're on this podcast and then my stomach just tries to outshine me and embarrass me. Um, anyway, I would start there. Your job, well, first of all, I'm glad you have a job. Be grateful for that. But if it's soul sucking, let's work towards you... Uh, while you have this soul-sucking job, before it sucks all of your soul, work towards finding and figuring out what might be a better option that's not soul-sucking and maybe a bit more challenging in a beautiful way. So I would use this time, and I love that you're buying flowers for yourself and the candles and the bath and meditations and the journaling and the Zoom and all this stuff. Um, With the men, it only takes one, right? And the reason why so many are not good fits for you is because that's how you know when you find your right fit. And just stay upbeat, stay positive, don't get bitter, keep working on making yourself happy, find some kind of fulfilling career if you can and keep trying to make yourself happy. And that will translate into making you more magnetic and you will meet somebody who is also maybe more happy in their own life. I do feel you meet people where you're at and just have patience. And when something comes along and you two are, and and, and there's no rush. I know maybe you think there's a rush and you really want to get something going and all this and that. Just don't have too many expectations. Just get to know people. Be curious. Come from a place of curiosity. Get to know a person's sense of humor or their lack of sense of humor or what they're all about and just... What I do on on a dating app or during flirtations with people, I my only goal is to be completely myself and then give them the opportunity to respond however they're going to respond so they can be completely themselves and then see how that feels. And if it feels good or feels great, I keep going with it. And when the time is right, you'll meet up with them. Maybe you'll go on a walk, a, you know, a, a daytime walk wearing masks and where you'll hold hands or I don't know. And you'll, you'll figure out COVID tests and you'll do everything safely. It is a weird time. There's no manual for now, but uh, until then FaceTime with the dude, Zoom, send voice notes. That's really romantic. Pandemic sex is the safest sex you can possibly have because it, you can do it via voice notes, uh, photos. I don't, recommend sending photos, but if you want to, as long as you are okay, if they end up in a place you didn't intend for them to end up, go for it. Uh, preferably with your face cut out of the photo. He can say he can send photos if he wants, if you're into that or, or not, if you're not into that, have your boundaries, but there are a million different modes of communication that exist. Thank God. I mean, my, we are so lucky to exist with all this technology. Like, of all the times to be going through a pandemic, you got a lot of different ways to communicate and flirt and cyber sexed flirt, cyber, what have you with people, you know? So, oof, and I'm not saying I've done this, but if I had voice noting and sexting can be pretty fucking hot and it won't give you a kooky disease, won't get you pregnant. And uh, it could be hot as fuck. And you actually get a sense of, I mean, not that I've done it. 
Yes, I have. Okay, and you get a sense of uh, what the other person's into. So you can like, before you're even naked with the other person, you can get some pictures, all that. Great, fantastic. Um, And you can get a vibe and you can fully vibe with another person sexually via texting. All of a sudden you like know what they're into. You learn if they're even able to communicate about sexual stuff. Some people can't, all right? That's something to know. You can find out what they're into sexually and be like, ooh, I don't know. Ooh, oh, fuck. Oh, they're into that now? Ooh, better I know now. Better I know now, uh, you know, behind the screen, the safety of the screen, as opposed to like being locked up in their dungeon in person and being like, how did I get here? How did I get here? I really wanted to meet somebody in person. And now, now look where I am. Where am I? Anyway, um, so listen, my long winded advice for you is take a breath, meditate, keep doing stuff to make you happy and just get into the technology that exists during this pandemic and have cyber flirtations and feel it out and trust that whatever's meant to happen is happening uh, is happening for your greatest good. I believe that. And when you least expect it, you will meet somebody. I know it. That's what I feel. I know it. I'm right. That's it. I'm your big sis. There you go. Um, Hollywood Horses says, oh, hi, Lexi. What are some things you've consciously started doing or consciously stopped doing this year? I waffled for a while, but I finally stopped smoking. Oh, congratulations. I stopped smoking sometime in June. Obviously, I feel better now. I started taking a bath every Tuesday night. Interesting. I don't know why Tuesday, but very cool. Alexi, I still shower regularly, but it's nice to have the other option of a bath. I light a few candles, read a book, wash my ultra luxurious hair, you know. Oh, cute. Um, I, I cook one new item a week, some highlights, low lights so far, carrot cookies, mild success, bread, failure, salmon with honey, butter, lemon glaze, and pecans, an absolute success. Thanks. Heart emoji, old timey heart emoji. Uh, signed, Andrew Hollywood. What a sweetheart you are, you cutie, just cooking up a storm for better or for worse, bathing in different ways. I love it. Um, and wow, you're really showing off with that ultra luxurious hair reference in there. Um, well, you sound amazing. And uh, I love that everybody's writing in, uh, everybody writing in is lighting candles. I am too. Um, my favorite candle is Diptyque Tuberose. It smells so good. It's my favorite. My favorite. I used to always save it and be like, I can't burn this. I can't, I can't burn it. I must save it. And I'm like, what am I saving it for? We're all just going to die. I got to just burn this fucking candle. Um, anyway, so what are some things I've consciously started doing or consciously stopped doing this year? Well, I'm not drinking. Haven't, haven't had alcohol in over a year. Um, but also that's been, been kind of easy because there's nothing to celebrate and I'm not being social with people. So it's going to be harder when I start going out if, if this ever ends, which it will. Um, yeah, like I said before, the meditating, uh, the 12-step meetings, uh, what else? Cooking. I've been cooking too. Not always the greatest, but it's fun to try. And... Uh, yeah, I just did my dishes, which apparently people know I can't stand doing. So I guess I'm cleaning. I'm getting into my house. I have plants now, which is incredible. Uh, I stretch. I could be exercising a little more. Um, but I think that's what, you know, and I guess podcasting again after over a year hiatus. So and what else? Yeah, the negative self-talk. But all it's interesting because the things that I've started doing consciously made other things unconsciously go away, like negative self-talk and depression and uh, stuff like that. Oh, and I've also made more of an effort with my friends, even just like my girlfriends uh, and girlfriends, guy friends, platonic and flirtatious. I'm making an effort via, again, Zoom, FaceTime, Skype, phone calls, voice notes, texting, DMs on Instagram. And I also, I deactivated my Twitter account. 
I got rid of my Facebook right at the beginning of pandemic. I deleted that. So now I just have Instagram, which I'm completely addicted to, but I'm fine with the addiction. So yeah, that's, that's all the stuff I'm up to. Um, and uh, thank you for your email, Andrew, with your gorgeous hair. This is from Rose. Rose says, a late additional question. Could you share some of your skincare secrets? Your skin is gorgeous. Did you ever have any procedures done, et cetera, et cetera? Thank you so much, Rose. Well, Rose, cat's out of the bag. I've had a complete head transplant. I am 150 years old and uh, everything you see is a lie. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, well, thank you for saying that. That's really nice. Uh, that You say my skin is gorgeous. I, I had to repeat that. Uh, because it's just nice to hear and read. I'm going to let that sink in and I'm going to accept the compliment. Um, Have I ever had any procedures? Well, you know what? I actually have had not invasive stuff, but I've had my whole life. My dad and my mom are big on skincare, especially my dad, believe it or not. Isn't that funny? But I would, and I had horrible acne in my early 20s, my mid-20s, Jesus, oof, 26, I had a horrible acne still. And I went on Accutane twice, which, which, you know, was a big decision for me, but I went on it twice and man, did it clear up my skin, but it was a whole process. It pushed out all my skin's imperfections and it gets worse before it gets better. And there was this whole thing with, uh, with, Accutane, where they say like, oh, it's going to make you depressed and somebody committed suicide. What? I don't know about all that, but I I did hear that that was not exactly true and that it's some, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You Google it. It's about, I heard some kid got a prescription for Accutane and his dad or something was in the government and the kid was depressed and he got a prescription for acne or Accutane didn't f- didn't fill the prescription and then he committed suicide so i guess they tried to blame it on the accutane prescription now that story could be completely botched in fact i'm almost sure it is i i don't i, I don't know but google it i'm just trying to figure out why there was such a big Anyway, it's just bad for you. Accutane, they say, is like bad for you and you got to get blood tested every month. And if you get pregnant while you're in Accutane, the, the kid will come out uh, misshapen, all these things. Well, I wasn't trying to get pregnant at the time and I didn't get pregnant. So I went on Accutane and it cleared up my skin. It did make my lips extremely dry, extremely dry, and gave me extreme pizza face before it got better. Oof, that was brutal. It just like pushed out everything that was going on under my skin. Um, and then I would do electromagnetic kind of therapy. Is that what it is? I did like 12 sessions of those. I did tons of like laser things. And my dermatologist, I just found a really great dermatologist um, at the time. And she still exists. I just haven't gone to her in a long time. Her name is Dr. Wu. Dr. Jessica Wu in Los Angeles, in Westwood or Brentwood, I believe. And I would go to her once a month and I would get facial peels and um, she would do extractions. Then I would also get facials, not those kind of facials, other, gross. Anyway, uh, I would get facials at a place called Raya Skincare on La Cienega in Los Angeles, where it was like all these older Russian women uh, just giving me love and dating and life advice while they popped on my pimples and put a mask on me and gave me a massage. And I don't know, I'd come out there looking like I was beaten to a pulp. And then a few days later, I was like glowing. So I've always been into skincare. I also have like a collagen light. I just, I do a lot of stuff. And then recently, and I feel like my skin has been looking pretty all right for being 150 years old, if I do say so myself. I found all these fun sheet masks and facial uh, facial wash, sheet, sheet masks and moisturizers and serums from a company called Hado Labo Tokyo. And it's available. You can buy it online from Target and they'll deliver it or you can get it on Amazon. Hado Labo Tokyo. And they, everything, I bought every single thing that they create. It's not very expensive at all. It's completely affordable. The price point is fantastic. 
Run, don't walk. I use their hyaluronic uh, serums for bed, uh, bedtime, nighttime, during the day. They've got just, it's incredible. And it's just plumping up my skin and I should be paid. And I've just gone on way too long about their company. And I somebody needs to write me a check immediately. I just caught myself. Anyway, um, so I hope that helps. And now I'm going to read this 25-page letter. Just kidding. It's not 25 pages, but it's from a listener named Ben. And it's quite long with this big font, but I'm appreciative of the fact that you trust me enough with your feelings and your thoughts and your foibles and your turmoil. Um, All right. Dear Lexi, glad to hear your podcast is back. I have a story I'd love to tell you. I've only told a few people. It's a story about social media, a celebrity crush, flying too close to the sun. You know what? By the way, Ben, thank you for writing this in such a big font because at first I thought like, oh, it's so big and bold. But I'm reading it on a micro while I'm like, you know, recording this podcast, it's really helpful that it's so big and bold. At first I was teasing you for it. Now I'm so thankful because all these other emails, while lovely and while I'm completely grateful for them, the font was so small. I don't wear glasses. I don't wear contacts. My, I do have impeccable eyesight, but, uh, you know, if I want to, if I want to be in a cool flow and a, a cool rhythm reading what my listeners and uh, are, are sending me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't kill you to make the font a bit bigger just so I can be very clear on what's going on and what line I'm on when I'm reading. Anyway, so Alexi, it's about social media, a celebrity crush, flying too close to the sun, and my heart breaking. Jesus. I'll try to tell every detail, even the ones that make me look embarrassing or not the best version of myself. Please don't judge me too harshly, Alexi. I'm a man in my late 30s with a fairly standard, sometimes boring life. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me about the size of your private. Anyway, Alexi, I'm a man with a normal job, a a small social media following of friends. So here it is, Alexi. Two years ago, my celebrity crush started following me on Instagram. A well-known rock singer here in Australia who I had a huge, huge, huge crush on since my 20s. She had put a call out for fans of a podcast she co-hosted to DM her. So I DM'd her for the first time and she started to follow me. I have had a crush on this person for a long time. Never thought she'd know of my existence. So it was a big deal to me. Over the next... Okay, so you're not talking about me. Okay, now it's very clear, Ben, you're not talking about me. How rude. Just kidding. Okay. All right. So this is a big deal, Alexi. Over the next few months... To my surprise, she showed me a lot of attention, liking and commenting on my photos, responding to my stories, and really showing me the time of day. In the past, I had left heart emojis on her posts, like many of her fans, and never thought the interaction would go past that. At this point, she was married. Her and her husband were really cool, a really cool, admirable couple with a cute family. So I knew the attention she showed me was just friendly or platonic. And the way I saw it was that she had her life so sorted and her relationship was so secure and together and happy that her cup was full, so to speak. And she was comfortable being so friendly to me, a fan who admired her. This is getting good. Okay. What's going to happen next? Okay. The attention she showed me meant a lot to me. She was a huge, the attention was a huge ego boost and quite thrilling. We know how social media is set up to get our brains addicted to those likes and notifications. So you can imagine when it's, when it's your celebrity crush showing you that attention and you're just a little nobody. Well, first off, Ben, don't call yourself a nobody, okay? Everybody's a somebody. Oh, you know what? There's a really great, Alexi speaking, interrupting the, uh, the email. A fantastic quote from the Frank Langella book where he was told once, he said to like Jackie O or somebody, he was like, he was like, oh, I need some life advice. What do I do when I meet someone famous? And uh, Jackie O says to him, oh, Frank, don't pay so much attention to, uh, don't, don't, wait, don't pay so much attention to, oh, great, here's where I fucking botch it. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. 
don't give too much thought to famous people. They are, they already give too much thought to them about themselves or something along those lines where it's like they already think they're hot shit and they think about themselves way too much. Don't you think about them way too much is the gist of that story. So anyway, back to you, Ben, and your email. I don't like hearing you calling yourself a little nobody, all right? But anyway... So, Alexi, you can imagine when it's your celebrity crush showing you that attention and you're just a little nobody. It's like a crack love drug for your brain. A few months later, her band announced a tour. I'd seen her band many times and now she was my Instagram friend. Uh, She insisted I go say hi to her at her concert. So in 2018, at a concert on the night of my birthday, nervous as fuck, I met her, this beautiful, talented, charismatic singer who was loved by many. Meeting her was a bit weird. I gave her a really shy hug uh, that I was a bit embarrassed by, and she was a bit bemused by me. Oh, I love the word bemused. That's a romantic word, bemused. They use it in one of my favorite movies um, uh, called Broken English starring Parker Posey. Anyway, so Alexi, she's bemused by me, and when she took to the stage, she joked, I was picking up virgin babes over there. And I took it that she was mocking me and how shy I was meeting her. I was thrilled I got to meet her, but felt a bit weird about the experience. But I owed that shit. I owned that shit by making a joke about it with her on Insulator and explaining that I'm boringly heterosexual, just a little shy meeting a singer I've had a crush on for so long. She later apologized and our friendship continued for the next few years stronger than ever. I was still living my own life, going out, using dating apps, and trying to make real-life connections, but it was also really nice to have this connection to someone I think the world of. Other celebrities in Australia would seek her attention on Insta, and she'd show me more love than them. I felt like I was the luckiest guy on Instagram, that she showed me so much attention. I told her a lot about my life, and she was surprisingly open to me about her life. She gave me books and song recommendations, defended me when I roasted myself on Instagram, encouraged my bad attempts at art and humor, and generally put a smile on my face and made me feel validated and seen and accepted regularly. And I loved it. Now, fast forward to early 2020 in Australia. We had devastating bushfires for months. COVID was in its early stages in Australia. It felt like we were going from one hell to another. Soon the city I live in was going through a stage of lockdown, so my social life disappeared. I barely saw friends or family, didn't hug anyone or go out or flirt with anyone in the real world for many months to come. And I guess my online life began to feel much more real. In the midst of this, my celebrity crush, Insta friend, began to post that she was going through a divorce. It was a shock to her fans and I was devastated for her and her family. She continued to like my posts and show me attention. I was genuinely heartbroken for her, not opportunistically thinking that I might now be able to move in on her now that she was divorced. But she posted a few things alluding to looking for love again. And this is where I maybe lost my mind, Alexi. Uh-oh. I never felt before that her private life was any of my business, but I now felt that I was about to watch from a distance as she starts a new relationship. Now, remember, at this point, I have zero social life. I felt from the attention she had shown me that she had at least a little bit of a soft spot for me, and I started to think that maybe, just maybe, I had a one—I had a one in a thousand chance. I had a one in a thousand chance with her, or at the very least, I had something. I had to say something. I had to say something, Lexi. Then I noticed that she changed her insto insto that her she changed her insta bio to say, I have enough male friends. Marry me or leave me alone. Wow, that's that's really upping the ante. This is Alexi speaking. <clears throat> so Alexi, I felt emboldened to try to write her a DM that explains that I know how crazy I sound and that I know I'm not in her league. Oh, great. Don't don't tell her you're out of her league. Just fucking own it. Just fucking grab your dick and make a move. Anyway, whatever. Wait, I mean like metaphorically. I don't mean like grab your dick and then like literally run towards her because that's not a cool thing to do at all. Anyway, back to the email. Alexi, uh, even though I, I told her, you know, I, I'm not in her league, uh, but that I do have feelings for her and that if I ever stood a chance of dating or marrying her, I take it in a heartbeat. Alexi, I'm sorry if you're cringing at me right now. I wrote this email 
this DM and I hit send on this crazy DM uh, that I now regret sending so much. I don't know exactly what reply I was expecting. I guess I thought worst case scenario, she'd be flattered. She dismissed the notion that she's out of my league and let me down gently while flattering my fragile little male ego. When she replied, she complimented me for being open and vulnerable, then rejected me fairly coldly. At this point, I should have taken a deep breath and moved on. And if I was lucky, maybe I could have stayed friends with her, but I didn't. I told her I felt heartbroken. I asked if it was because I'm not good enough, and I later posted something to Instagram that she saw with a vague caption about my self-worth being at a low point and being too embarrassed to talk to anyone about it. I'm embarrassed that I did all this. I'm normally self-aware enough to not use Instagram like that, but I was genuinely devastated that my little dream had been crushed. She DM'd me and suggested that I speak to a psychologist. I thought she was kind of gaslighting me and I thought back to the night she mocked me on stage at her concert and in that moment I felt she didn't think I have feelings or that men don't have feelings. So I messaged her back saying something like, hey, I do have feelings and you can be gentle with people's feelings without making them feel like there's something wrong with them. And then I brought up that night I met her and how it hurt my little feelings. So stupid of me and I'm not proud of that, that I reacted in that way. She responded that I was putting a lot of how I feel on her, on uh, which is true, and then she blocked me. I can't tell you how instantly devastated and heartbroken I was. I've been through grief, breakups, and rejection, and this just felt as real as any real-world heartache. I was instantly so critical of myself. I let myself get sucked into a social media addiction. I must have, I must have love addiction issues. I must be an obsessive creep to put so much of how I feel onto someone. A man my age should know better. For the next few weeks, I was so depressed and critical of myself, I deleted all this person's music, took her band shirts, records, artwork I had that reminded me of her, and packed it away. Unfollowed any girl on social media that I might potentially have a crush on, including you, Alexi, and did a lot of looking inwards. It took a few weeks for me to be more forgiving to myself, and remind myself that this year has been lonely for many of us. It has been two months or so, and I'm still blocked by this person. I'm trying to move on, but still find myself wishing she'd unblock me and we could be friends again. In hindsight, I think she enjoyed my friendship over the last few years, but she's most likely starting a new relationship, and I don't really fit into her new plan. I feel a little disposed of. I'm now trying to just remind myself that I was lucky to get to have a friendship with this person I admired so much. The, the difficult thing is that in a way, I feel I'll, I'll never entirely get over this person. I can't imagine ever not being attracted to her. I can't just turn those feelings off, even though I know it's for the best. Right now, the thought of having a crush on someone again is almost sickening. It's like I had too much of a good thing, spoiled it, and made myself sick. Then a week ago, I see a new episode of Love Alexi, and here you are talking about all these topics so close to what I've been experiencing. If you read this out loud, please be kind. I know how it might sound in parts. Thank you, and here's to a better future for all of us. From Ben. Alexi, P.S., DM me on Insta if you want to tell me the name of this singer. If you want me to tell you the name of this singer, if you'd like to see who I'm talking about. Um... Ben, thank you for that. And by the way, if I teased you in any way, which I did, it was only uh, light and lovingly and not to be taken uh, in a way that is hurtful at all. So let me address all of this. My goodness. Um, this shit can happen. It's not out of the question that relationships and crushes on social media can get the better of you and feel more real than they actually are. And I don't think this woman is trying to hurt you. I think she was trying to be kind and she's just a person living her life and everybody is flawed. Everybody is doing the best they can. Even when it's not great, they're doing the best they can. Sounds like she was nice to you and was trying to be kind and inclusive and, and did have a genuine like fondness for you. And... And she's just doing the best she can. And you made a play for her. And maybe you took your relationship with her a bit 
more seriously than she did. And you two were not on the same page. And her blocking you is her right to do. And she's just trying to handle the situation as best she can. And there are no, again, there's no manual. There's no guidebook to living life and how to navigate all these kind of situations that life throws at us. I wouldn't take it personally, but the thing is, she's not for you. She's not your girlfriend. She's not, and and you, I would hope for you that you have relationships with people moving forward, with people that like, you know, you know, that you spend time with more in real life that you know on a deeper level and in a like, but I get it. Your feelings were hurt. And I don't think, while I do think you got a bit defensive with her about the psychology stuff, she was just trying to offer some kind of helpful thing. I don't know her either. I don't know you and I don't know her. I'm fine with the fact that you unfollowed me, by the way, because uh, if it means that I'm the type of girl that you have to unfollow the kind of women you would have crushes on, I'm flattered by your unfollow. And uh, you're protecting yourself. You're, you're, you're creating boundaries for yourself. I would, if you can afford it, I would speak to a psychologist. I speak to a psychologist and I fucking love it. It only makes me understand myself more. And I think it's so wonderful to get to know yourself as best you can so you understand why certain things trigger you or make you react to things uh, in the way that you do why you're maybe drawn to certain types of people or types of relationships. And yes, it's a weird time. It's a fucking lockdown, quarantine, lockdown, pandemic revolution where things can feel a lot more real and heightened. And and it was already like this before the pandemic where it's like, you know, social media is fucking addictive. It's addictive as fuck. And you can think you know someone really well and you really don't know them at all. And yeah, serotonin, dopamine, you get these hits from the likes and the messages and the DMs and the attention and somebody watching your stories. And it's like you build this whole narrative in your head about like what they think of you and what you think of them and what you mean to one another and like, oh, wow, they're talking to me. And it's like, it's not necessarily true. Very, most likely it's not true at all and and you're not seeing it clearly. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying any of us. So, and again, I can't stress enough like, cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing like, you know, you made some self-deprecating remarks about yourself, how you're not good enough. You're out of a league. So it sounds like you're already having kind of a conversation with yourself about like self-worth stuff and how much you value yourself and that you put other, and, you know, you put her on a pedestal and you made her better than you in your mind. Um, and you made her kind of your higher power. And I think that's what you have to work on knowing that you're enough. You don't need somebody else to love you or to desire you or to need you or to be your girlfriend or give you attention or validation in order for you to feel good about yourself and hundred percent and confident. So I think 12 step programs like SLAW, which stands for sex and love addicts anonymous, sex, love, wait, sex and love addiction anonymous. Yes, that is what it stands for. And you can go to just Google it. S L A A. Google it and there, there are Zoom meetings you can go to and all the whole idea of that 12-step program, it's based on uh, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and it's like instead of being an alcoholic or being a drug addict, like and let's say you're, let's say you're addicted to cocaine, with sex and love addiction, people are cocaine. You know, your love interest or whoever you have a crush on they become your higher power. They become way too important and and you think that they're going to save you or, or they're supposed to make you feel better and, and you just give them way too much power and energy over you like they're a god to you or something and, and they matter too much and, uh, and you give all your power away. So I would definitely suggest, first of all, thank you for, for sending me that email and thank you for it being bold, bold and large font because it was so easy to read. So joke's on me, baby, because you fucking, I mean, my God, I'm going to start making all the fonts this size and for sharing all that vulnerability. Thank you very much. And you said your age, you said you're in your late thirties. Hey, I'm right there with you, baby. And I'm not saying that to flirt with you. I don't think you're my boyfriend. (laughs) I've been calling everybody baby lately, but, uh, there is no age limit on learning about yourself or having you know, experiences that make you think and make you feel and and make you feel, uh, you know, we all have ups and downs. And this, I believe this happened with this woman. 
for a reason and it's meaningful. Things don't happen for no reason. I, I, I'm, I'll, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's, all this was, was an opportunity for you to learn more about yourself and how you value yourself and how, and the value you put on other people and, uh, and human dynamics. So I would recommend, well, first of all, writing into this podcast whenever you like, um, but also more importantly, going to a, a professional and while I do serve as a big sister, I'm not a professional psychiatrist, psychologist, what have you. So find one of those because you can Zoom with them. And also, by the way, when people are looking for therapists, it's like dating. You have to go to a few and, and feel it out because like, don't just go to the first therapist you find because if I did that, oof, no, it would have been bad. Uh, it took me a while to find my person and He's the greatest. He is great. He looks like Santa Claus and he's the coziest and he's just like the father I I never had but always wanted. Just like I'm trying to be the big sister you never had but always wanted and craved. Anyway, and yeah, I would check out the 12-step uh, meeting for Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. I think that could really help see the importance you give other people and uh, and really help build your self-worth and your love for yourself and and only good things can come of it. So I hope that helps. And my God, again, thank you to everybody for sending me your emails. I hope you're having a wonderful Christmas. Um, and again, I don't know. What is I going to say? I was going to say like, subscribe, leave a review. If you want to be friends on Instagram, add Alexi Wasser. If you want to donate to the show so I can buy groceries during this global pandemic. I would love that. Donate, donate via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. Send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com. I'll see you on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. But most importantly, I must say this. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And I love you. <laughs>